0: Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Raw Reaction Show, actually. So, I'm not quite sure why we played that one, <laughs> but uh yes, it is indeed the Raw Reaction Show this morning. Good morning. Thank you to those that are tuning in and joining me. I get that it's not particularly a great day to be wanting to discuss Arsenal Football Club um Spurs fans are waking up pretty happy with themselves about a draw in the North London derby which I think tells you everything regarding kind of the difference between the two sides in itself um because I'm not happy at all I'm really frustrated uh, I'm really annoyed um and uh I don't have, have too long to talk about today's game with you guys because I'm heading into the office in a bit so only a quick show this morning before I jump off to try and catch my train but uh I didn't want to leave you without a show this morning. I didn't want to leave you without a small vent. And so that's why last night we did an extended podcast, which you can, of course, go back and watch. I was joined by Albert, Sophie and Chris to have a good chat about the game in a lot more detail. So if you're hankering for a longer episode about the North London derby, make sure you go and watch uh, the last episode on the channel. it certainly be worth your time. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. James, John, Martin, Jimbo, Skills. Uh, we've got Gruntley, Poos, Ismail, Stephen. Uh, we've got Phil and Pennyween Ween and Front Row and Trader. Mike uh, and plenty more of you guys as well. Um, yeah, really, really disappointing day uh, in the North London derby. And uh, it kind of started off in the worst way possible because going into the game, of course, Leandro Trossard was confirmed alongside Gabriel Martinelli to be missing uh, this game and would not be available for another fixture. Not only that, but we lost um, Declan Rice at half-time as well. And that meant that overall, Arsenal finished the game with an injury list that includes Martinelli, Trossard, Rice, Partey, Timber, uh, and very frustrating. So you could argue that Saka joins that list, who left the field which with what looked like a bit of a limp after being kicked all afternoon. Um and it's just so incredibly frustrating for, for us that we're in this situation where we couldn't go into this game with the strongest possible side, the strongest possible team available. Um, but there are question marks about the decision making that went behind that, the decision making regarding uh, the tactics, the the in-game management from Mikel Arteta. And we're going to talk about all of that. But not only that, of course, some of the decision making of the players that started the game as well. and. Gabriel Jesus, when he has a performance like this, opens up, um, you know, opens up this discussion about whether Arsenal need to go out and sign a striker. I can listen to plenty of people talk about the benefits of having a striker of his type, a centre forward of his type that is collaborative, that understands the the system that Arteta wants, that can move left, that can move right, that can be versatile enough to play in wide areas. But it's very, very difficult. To not have a feeling, not have that um, kind of sense that if we had, if we had a number nine like an Erling Haaland, like an absolute elite level, like for me, I think well, uh, Jesus is up there with the world class forwards for what he does and overall in his game. Is he a world class finisher? No, that's, that's I don't think there's much debate about that whatsoever. And if Arsenal had an elite striker like Man City do, like Bayern Munich do, like Barcelona do. Um, like Real Madrid had in Benzema, Uh, I can't help but think that we would also be in a position where we could take things up a level. And that chance that Gabriel Jesus missed um, when he nicked the ball off Madison, which is all about Jesus, you know, stealing the ball away from Madison is what makes Jesus such a good player with his, his energy, his pressing, his desire. The creation of the chance to himself was everything that Jesus is about. Does another striker do that? Maybe not. Maybe they don't. But there were other chances, of course, in the game that Jesus had as well. Uh, Would he run in for that header on the right-hand side if we were at a little bit of a more physical forward like a Ferguson or a Sesco or a Tony or someone like that? Um, You know, that's the questions that we are asking because Gabriel Jesus missed that opportunity. Ultimately, after you go 2-1 up, you know, as I say, we talk about the game in a lot more detail in yesterday's show, so I know I'm doing a quick stop tour through this this morning. But when you go 2-1 up, you have to be composed. You have to make the right decisions, and you have to hold that. And we can't not say that Jorginho's mistake is one of the biggest reasons as to why we we didn't win. Now, I'm not going to be the guy that jumps on the Italian and says he's not good enough. This, you know, uh, Arsenal need to buy better, blah, 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 blah. Because let's be honest, that Jorginho is, is a very good player, and he made a mistake, and players make mistakes. And I understand that fact. Uh, it's the worst possible game. We could have made a mistake in at the worst possible time. But as a third choice DM, you're not going to find much better than Jorginho, if ever. If anyone is going to be a third choice DM for us, Jorginho is the best that you're going to get. Um, and so that for me, that for me is where we, we start to have these, these discrepancies, I think, between the assessment of the player. Um, and yeah, Jorginho, really, really bad error really really bad error and that was very very frustrating indeed Uh, for me the main reason why Arsenal didn't get a win in the North London derby is because about how the game was managed about how the game was um, played and about ultimately how you responded to certain scenarios in the game like the goal like the injuries and then how we decided to manage the last section of the game as well I am amongst most of the biggest defenders of Mikel Arteta. And what I find is whenever I skew onto the side of maybe criticising him, I think it exposes that there is something of a toxic positivity at times, something of a toxic defence at times, um, that the man is absolutely untouchable for some. And, And people need to get away from that fact. You need to be able to be critical when criticism is worthy. And I think there is criticism of how we manage the end of this game. Eddie Nketiah stayed on the field far too long. He wasn't influencing things. He wasn't having an impact on the game in a positive way. And as soon as he got that yellow card for the, a very rash challenge on Vicario, he should have been off in that moment. Some people will question why Gabriel Jesus was was substituted. And I would have had him stay on. But for me, I think that was a substitution that was very much alluded to with the fitness and the recovery from the injury that he has had. And he played... Uh, a lot of the game on Wednesday and of course he played a lot of this game as well and he's still coming back from that that issue and I think that you still could have changed things Havertz coming on for me when you're in the end of the game and you're throwing balls into the box Havertz isn't the guy you want delivering those crosses Havertz is the guy that you want in the box as the centre forward And I don't really get why Havertz didn't become our centre forward. Because to my understanding, one of the big benefits of signing Havertz was that we would have him as a target man toward the end of games when we're chasing a goal. then we're chasing something, or we're trying to kind of hold the ball up in the final third or the final attacking third, that we've got someone to, to aim those crosses to because he's the tallest attacker that we've got. And instead, he was still playing in and around the half spaces. And I just could not quite get my head around why that was the route. That was the pathway that Arteta opted for. The leaving of Vincetti on for too long. Smith Rowe coming on in the 93rd minute. The 93rd minute. This is someone that's dynamic, that's aggressive, that can get on the ball and drive at the opposition, that scored in a North London derby, that gets the game. 93rd minute we made that change. It it, it just really did... We failed ultimately in, in our delivery. We looked tired. We looked fatigued. And we looked like we were in need of an injection of something different. And instead of changing the players that were lethargic, they stayed on in Enketia. They stayed on in Saka. I hate to be that guy, but Saka was very tired. Towards the last 20 minutes of the game, Saka was not influencing things to the best of his ability. Had been brilliant in, in getting the goal, in scoring the penalty, but was lethargic and tired at the end of that game. And there's times where you as as a coach need to recognise that your best player, yes, is your best player, but if he's tired and he's not having an influence on things, make the brave call, take him off. Take him off. You can't expect Smith-Rowe to come on with six minutes of injury time left to have the impact that you want him to. Give him 15 minutes at least to get into the game. And that was very frustrating for me. Just a quick thing on the reaction to the reaction of Aaron Ramsdale. Ludicrous. Jamie Carragher should really genuinely be ashamed of this um, because it's it's a lack of awareness. It's a lack of understanding about what you're saying and the impact it has on the wider view. It's caused a pile-on of the goalkeeper that was just clapping his teammate when he pulled off a brilliant save. It's as simple as that. And I absolutely sympathise with, with Nick Ramsdale, who obviously replied to um, the Sky Sports tweet. Yeah, really critical of, of Sky's decision to to not only, you know... I mean, it's one thing for Carragher to say it. It's another thing to then clip that section and publish it. It's just, you know, that, that in itself is as bad as the comment. As soon as you start publicising this, it's as bad. Um, and for me, that was a really classless thing to not only say, but then to promote as well. Um, and I was not a fan of that at all. And uh, I... Respect the fact that Nick uh, responded in this this specific tweet. Wouldn't say I agree with the second tweet, um, but in regards to this tweet, yeah, look, you got to show some class to to that. He just applauded his his teammate, and it's being made a, a mockery of, and it's a joke, quite frankly. Um, it's funny. We've seen so many people jump to Ramsdale's defense this week, and now all of a sudden, because Reyes started the next game, the Northland Derby pulled off a big save, and by the way. Rea was very much at fault for their first goal. Pushed the ball back into a very dangerous area and we didn't get rid of it. Should have pushed it over the bar, pushed it around the post, pushed it anywhere else but where he did and failed to do that. So, yeah, very frustrating. I have to talk about Havertz and I know people are going to jump on me and be like, oh, Havertz isn't the reason we lost this game. Look, I need to discuss this because we talked about it in yesterday's game at length and I have to add it into this show. I have to, have to, have to add it into this show. And I think that When this comes down to the Madison signing compared to the Havertz signing, Spurs started their marquee 40 million pound player in this game and he was electric and influential and really important and obviously got both assists for their two goals in this game. Arsenal bring on their 65 million pound signing and he's not improving. And I can be as patient i can be as honest and i can be as calming about how, as i possibly can be and i can provide as much context and as much perspective as, as i feasibly can and i can tell people to be patient i can i can try and curb the abuse and the abuser should you know as i've said before can get in the bin always but we have to we absolutely have to have to have to have a conversation about the fact that Havertz has not improved in this period of time. I'm not seeing more. I liked what he did against Palace. I liked what he did against City. I liked what he did against PSV. I didn't like what he did against United. I didn't like what he did against Fulham. I didn't like what he did in yesterday's game. And we have to, for me, have this discussion about the signing. And I don't think that it's Havertz. My finger is not pointing at Havertz in this scenario. My frustration with this is that 65 million pounds has been invested in a player that we need to revive the career of and that's not Havertz's fault Havertz didn't ask to be bought Havertz didn't um was not the driving force behind his signing at this stage and we might be having a very very different discussion about Havertz in three four five six months time That's fine. And I'm happy to have a discussion about Havertz the player. And I've defended the player a lot. And I've done articles on him. And I've done discussions about him individually as a player and what his qualities are and what he still needs to learn and how he needs to improve. And I'd like to see more from him. I'm not talking about goals and assists in that pure form. I'm just talking about a bit more. But when I see the impact of Madison, when I see the impact of Dominic Zoboslai, you know, and I look at these attacking midfielders, playing in these positions, going for less money than what we bought Havertz for, I can't help but be envious of that. And I don't think it should be a real sin for me to be envious of that. Because Arsenal were a side on the up. Arsenal were on the side that were going in a very, very positive direction after the end of last season. And I just have this sense of... I have this sense that had Arsenal have signed a player that was also on the up and moving in a very positive direction and going from one step to the next step to the next step, and coming into a team like Zobosla has with Liverpool, and like Madison has now with Spurs under Ange Postokoglu, and is taking their game to new heights. Rather than Arsenal signing a player that was a project that they had to try and extract the talent that we've seen in the past, but has so far struggled to get out in the Premier League, that, that for me is, is my kind of gripe is my frustration, is, is is where I'm at in the headspace. And what I get frustrated about is when I have obviously left defences and I've asked for patience and I've asked for perspective around Havertz, the player, Havertz, the individual, I've got lots of people saying either like, no, let's get rid, he's terrible, blah, 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 which I don't agree with. And then I've had people saying, fair play, Tom, fair play for providing perspective, fair, fa- fair play for providing um, patience and asking for people to give him time. But as soon, as soon as I say one thing, right, as I have today, or I did yesterday, the people that were like, you know, fair play, Tom, for for being a bit um, patient with Havertz. Now it's jumping on. What are you talking about, Tom? If you'd have started, we would have won. What are you talking about, Tom? It's only been six games. I'm like, you can't treat opinions in this way. You can't jump on people for having a wider perspective about first calling for patience and then not being... For me, reflectionary. Reflectionary, is that the right word? Reflective. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, Clive says, Havertz is here now. We need him to succeed. I don't know if he will, but I see him improving. Saw him twice this week and this is better. The result shines a light on the issues and makes them brighter. It absolutely does, Clive. But I don't think it's unfair of me to have a discussion, have a talk, have a, a point of view about looking at what we invested in and looking at what Spurs invested in and looking at what Liverpool invested in And having a discussion about whether or not we made the right choice i don't i don't um i don't subscribe to the idea of holding those worries holding those regrets in at this stage i don't subscribe to that personally and i feel like as having that opinion i'm I'm kind of entitled to have that view if i like i'm entitled to have a regret i'm entitled to look at what spurs and what liverpool signed and see those players flourishing because they were players on the up and then i look at the decision that we made to sign a player that let's be honest was a project, was a a gamble, was a risk. And for me, you know, I think that is a worthy discussion and I wouldn't begrudge people of having those same regrets. And Michael says, are you happy that Vieira started? Yes, I was happy Vieira started. I asked for Vieira to start this game and he looked more dynamic. He looked like he was providing those forward passes at times. He had a little bit more than I felt what Havertz did. I personally, and I know people don't agree with this, I enjoyed more of what, I enjoyed more of what Vieira did than what Havertz did in this game. I'm going to do a rewatch of it today, but I enjoyed more of what Vieira did in this game than what Havertz did in this game. Vieira was a big part of the big pluses that we did, which was the first 35 minutes of this game, we were really good. First 35 minutes of this game, we enjoyed. And Vieira was a part of that performance in the first 35 minutes. But past that 35 minutes, things didn't go as well as they needed to. And, have, and, and Vieira came off... Um, in 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 that position now it's it's frustrating um it's frustrating that we didn't get the result that we wanted but that's that's kind of where where we're at with the game as I said we go into a lot more detail um in the big podcast I'm going to try and take a couple of questions and then I'm gonna have to shoot so let's go to part two right after this Right. Um, Owen says, whilst everyone was laughing at the appointment of Ange, I was worried. Have Spurs stumbled upon their best appointment in years? No, you're concerned. Short answer, yes. He's a very good coach. He's doing very good things. He's having a big impact there. Um, Esmond says, Tom, it's not about Havertz. Their mid was better while our mid was uh, bad. Even Erdogan, I consider the most important player at Arsenal, Havertz did everything but our mid and forwards weren't good enough. Um, again, I've said loads, and yet people are going to focus on the Havertz thing. I've said loads. Go back and watch yesterday's podcast. I provide plenty of perspective on my view of the whole game in both shows. Please don't get fixated and blinkered on one point of view I have from this game. Um Havertz is not the top earner at this club. That's a load of BS. Uh, Aditya says, Tom, did Spurs have a better composure than us? Of course, I think Spurs managed the game better. Spurs reacted to the game's instances better than we did. And they stayed more um, grounded than we did in this game. Uh, We played this game quite emotionally. And I think that definitely, definitely showed. Uh, Darren says, what's more disappointing? How lacklustre the team looked or the repeatable mistakes made? Uh, I was frustrated with the performance, really. We looked tired in the second half. We lost Rice and that was a big, big factor. We lost our two starting left wingers. And now we've lost our two starting DMs and that is two huge losses. If Rice is ready for the rest of the second half, I'm sure we win this game. One, because Jorginho is not there to make the mistake, of course. But I think we win this game if Rice is there for the second half. And I think that's the fine margins between the discussion we're having now and the discussion that we might have later. A couple more before I wrap up. Uh, Xhaka says, do you think the criticism towards Kai is magnified due to Timber's injury? No, I just personally think that from Kai's perspective he's done good things. He's done things which are good. He's shown some some things I like. But I don't think I should be be begrudged for wanting more. I really don't think I should be begrudged for wanting more from a £65 million signing. I don't think that's unfair. I don't think it's unfair that fans want more from that player when you see the impact of, of some of the other players that have been signed for their teams this season. Uh, Klay Vieira was the wrong pick for this game in the left. Erdogan dropped after the booking. Rice was injured. Game was a challenge and the selection didn't help. Yeah, I mean, and I'm critical of Erdogan getting that yellow card. You can't ask for yellows. You're the captain. You know, I've praised Odegaard my favourite player. I love him. He's world-class in my view. You can't ask for yellows. Don't get a silly yellow in this game, especially not in a North London derby. That was a mistake by Odegaard getting that yellow and he dropped off after getting annoyed in that moment. So the finger is, is pointed there at him. Uh, VJ says, great show with Sophie. I'm more concerned about the points she made about the many injuries that we've got. I still believe Rice and Party in the midfield and we win comfortably. I absolutely agree. Right, I'm going to have to wrap this up because I've got to go grab a train. Uh, but thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Uh, I know it's not been the most positive of morning shows. If you want more listening, go listen to yesterday's show. I'll probably be back tonight with another episode at some point. If not, I'll definitely be back tomorrow morning with a longer show. Uh, so I'll be back for that. But uh, stay safe, stay well, enjoy your Monday, get through it. Tweet me, leave a comment of anything you want to discuss. I'll be live at 10 on the Arsenal way for some more chat. Um, but thank you for listening. And as always, I'll the Arsenal.